I want to start off this year's uh, Eurovision Division podcasting uh, extravaganza experience by offering my sincere and heartfelt apologies to Mr. Michał Spak of Poland, who sang Color of Your Life last year. And I feel like we we did some we did some mean jokes. We 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 made fun of the song. We said it wasn't um, uh, good at all. Yeah, I believe it's. Um... I, I I believe we we rather rather hastily decided that this was not gonna fly at all. But then, oh, but then. At the live show, my god, it was so good. It was so, it was so good. I'm not going to swear. I'm not going to swear this year. If there was one song that really took flight during last year's, uh... No, it didn't. Well. (laughs) It didn't. Learn to Fly from Belarus was amazing. It was so, such a good performance. I loved it so much. What the fuck was up with that baby? I already swore. This is a part of the show that we do called, oh no, they didn't make it into the final last year where we talk about the people who didn't make it into the final last year it's a thing that is very important to do when you start a new eurovision year it's try to examine what did not work last year we got robbed last year we got robbed of three at least three to me front runners we got robbed of one ultimate winner during the series semi-finals and I cannot believe that Belarus didn't make it. Good use of the hologram. It was very good. Technology was amazing. Loved what the, the hell was happening? What I especially loved was... The baby? Uh, no, what I especially loved... I did like the baby. <laughs> but I liked the way that it played with our expectations. Because, as you recall, in the build-up towards the contest... There was this entire hubbub about like he's gonna he's gonna want to perform naked with wolves and you're like well he can't but he did though and it fucking starts out with him naked, naked with, with a, a wolf. wolf and you're just like what is happening he did the damn thing he did the damn thing okay. it was a hologram but a very it was good a hologram, hologram. Uh, another big tragedy not still not the biggest tragedy but to me a very big shock was was it my memory's flawless but iceland nor you know with the creepy giants it the was creepy, iceland it was iceland yeah probably why why didn't that make it i think they tried to add texture to the projections and to the performance and to add more to it but that just diminished the impact I heard some people describing Iceland as kind of a messy performance on the night of that first semifinal. 
and I'd actually be inclined to agree. I think sure. it was very strong in its national final, but like somehow at Eurovision it just didn't click. Mm. And we were all very surprised because it was one of the big favorites. Of course, the biggest loss of the of the semifinals, and I I, I weep and wailing at the injustice that Serhat faced just did not go through at all, even though his was the absolute best thing I had ever experienced in my life, personally. I've just the sheer delight, the, mm, the potent sexual energy, the the sweet disco tunes yes what it, it was perfect here's the thing it was, it a, was a really good performance yes it was a perfect performance serhat was amazing he threw his hat into the audience i cried i like reached out to grab it at the screen and it was so close too because serhat actually finished in 12th uh, in that semi-final, uh, and that was the bloodbath semi-final, where everyone was all like, Iceland and Estonia, that's our favorites. Um, no, Serhat finished ahead of those two. I loved it so much. It was just super respectable, super competent, super good. Even if, it's, if it wasn't to like, people's tastes, maybe, it was really good. It was, it was just a well good performance. Executed. Now, I, I've given you three examples of, of when I think um, we were robbed by the Eurovision um, audience and jury. Um, now, I want to give you an extra example of how we were robbed, but by uh, the performer and the country, the participating country itself. And you just mentioned him. As one of your favorites, it's of course your Estonian boyfriend, Yuri Putzman. Who? Where to begin? It was a mess, it though, was a, wasn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Trying to do the whole Vegas card game angle. Listen, I can talk about this for hours. And you will. And I have. And you have several times. But I, let me list some of the you, things. You have like started at breakfast and gone on through dessert in the evening. Yeah, let me just quickly list some of the things that went wrong there. Double-breasted suit. Yeah, that was a bad suit. Bad look, did not work. Who uh, wears a double-breasted exactly. suit in this the year of our Lord 2016 at the time? Shiny forehead. So shiny. The he shiniest. Was, he was very shiny. Uh, and uh, number three, card trick. And um, number four, the most Im- most importantly, the beckoning. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Oh. Why did he do that so many times? It all added up to, to some major creepy vibes, which was a shame because there's nothing creepy about Yuri Boltzmann himself. He, he, it was kind of a vibe that you get from like um, those 17 year olds oh who are so those 17 year old boys who are like really into the idea of 
BDSM culture what and you? put like videos of themselves on Tumblr, like, <laughs> like slapping the bed with the belt and me like, oh yeah, bend down for daddy. But it's obvious that it's like... Can you not turn Yuri Poltzman into some kind of... <laughs> some kind of king daddy from like 17 years old wearing his dad's suit. Some kind of wannabe teenage kink dad. What is this? I'm king shaming Yuri Poltzman. It's not... This didn't happen. <laughs> it did. I felt like it did. It, it was the opposite of Amir. Well, that brings us to the grand final. And that brings us to uh, that... Ah, delicious, delicious top 10 that we're going to be examining just as we did it last year. Uh, but I want to start backwards. Before we jump to France, let me just let you sit in that thirst for Oof. another five minutes or I so. I want you to describe what happened to me during France. Absolutely. Um, but we'll start with uh, uh, number 10, which was, of course, the adorable Laura Tesoro. Yay! And we very like the song Laura Tesoro's song, What's the Pressure? Nobody understands that reference. I know. Hello, I'm Ivan from Belarus and very loved song Laura Tesoro's song, What's the Pressure? Like you said about Serhat, it was very competent. It was up-tempo. It was fun. She had a good dance. Nobody else... Yeah, there was had choreography, which I think was was. And a big she's plus. so good at dancing mm -hmm. as well. Like we saw her dancing live, and it's just very infectious and yeah. good. Important to note as well as the way that color was used in her performance. It was I so think good. There, there was a lot of gold and and yellow, orange. orangey colors, which were not really there for most of the other performances, which all chose a sort of blue or red color theme yeah i think in general there was just a lot of blue and red her performance really mm. popped out and and laura popped out for those reasons yeah i just saw the face you made after you said blue and red and it took me a while for it to really sink in and i hate you for that face you just made Blue and red. No. Coming all the way from Lithuania, it's Donnie Montel. I forgot all about Donnie Montel. Can you believe Donnie Montel made it to the top 10? No. Also because I don't remember anything about that performance. Waiting for this night. It was barely a performance, really. It was just him on stage. In a white leather jacket. Was he? Oh, he he was wearing. Or was that the other one? No, he did have a white jacket, but then he took it off, and he was in a black T-shirt, and then he did a flip through some smoke, and then. It was fine. I sure. Not a lot to say about that. It's forgettable. No, but we talked about this last week. It is actually a good song. It's though. actually a pretty good song. It has been in my head a lot. Like, past year. like it's good. You know what does make sense to put in the top 10 though? It's our number 8. Coming all the way from the bottom of the scoreboard until the televote came in and put him in fourth. It's Michal Spock from Poland. Uh, I already gave my um, sincerest apologies to him for all, the, for all the bad, bad jokes 
we made he made that song work so hard on that stage i like in from the first note that he sang i did a complete 180 on that song i loved it his face singing it his outfit his hair his eyes What so soulful and suddenly that song was good well but like so good well no yes i mean don't well and i mean me that song was great and i ended up voting for him In number seven, like a love wave, <laughs> rushing in like a love wave at number seven, it's Iveta Mikuchin from Armenia. Hello. Yeah, bud. Uh, what happened there? The sexy I, thing. Because I, ooh. Yeah, I was like, was it the pregnant one or the... Was it the pregnant sexy one or the no, no, it was sexy, sexy one sexy wasn't hologram pregnant? Lady. Sexy hologram lady. Very sexy. Very good. Mm-hmm. Just very good. Very good song. Deserved seventh place. I mean, good, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm still not sure on like holograms and visuals on the screen that aren't present in the arena. Because I don't know how good, if at all good, the, the performance from Iveta was without the holograms in the arena where the show was. You know, for everyone who was there watching the show, was it at all interesting? Oh, right. They didn't see the hologram Yeah, no, that's, that was on... That was... I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was just for the TV audience. That's so weird. Which, of course, is the largest audience. There's There's only a... There's been a fucking mix-up. Let me get let me get one thing straight. There's been a fucking mix-up because Franz finished in fifth place from Sweden and France with Amir finished in sixth place. And this is a god darn travesty. Tragedy. It's a travesty. A travesty and a tragedy. I and I am I into said. it. Said. No. Stand by it. I That's stand. a new word. Travesty. Travity. Because Franz, our little Swedish boy, is a milk. If if boy. I were sorry about saying bad things about his song last year, I would currently say that I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because it still didn't really do anything for me on the night. I was like, yeah. Did you it's prepare fine. that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Did did yeah? I mean, what? <laughs> It didn't really do anything for me on the night, is what I'm saying. Um, yeah, it left me, it left me dry. Because as opposed to <laughs> yeah, so here's what happens: is the performance starts, and there on stage is Amir uh, singing his lovely song, and Mira expresses her doubts by saying, "Is that all he's doing? Is he just standing on a stage by himself? Nothing's." happening that's just his performance oh no and then amir looks at the camera and it's as if he looks straight into her heart 
It's as if he looks straight into my heart and just presses a tender, just a, just a sweet little kiss on it. Just smooches, smooches my heart. And as soon as that happens, I hear from beside me a gasp. <laughs> Mira's like, oh no, he's hot. Oh he's no, so... it's incredible. Oh no, this is so good. Oh, and I'm just like agreeing with her, to be honest. But just the, the complete I... flip switch that flip happened halfway through that song and, and just the apprehension turned into pure... I'm giddy schoolgirl mode almost. It was like it's like a mom, well, who sees Michael Bublé for the first time. It's it's like how people feel about Michael Bublé. Who the fuck is Michael Bublé? I don't know. Who is so charming and his teeth were so white. Well, and his stubble was so well maintained. Is it that dentist. Right? He's a dentist. I, I'm into dentists now. Serhat, Amir. I ugh, sign me up. My dentist isn't nearly well. No, she's she's a good-looking woman. She's an attractive woman. But I never thought about her the way that I did about Amir that night. Well, maybe get her and on every stage. night since. Well, maybe get her on the stage and see what happens. Ugh. It's not illegal to be uh, in love with someone on the television all of a sudden. But if love was a crime, uh, that would bring us to number four, Bulgaria. What happened when you saw Poli Genova was kind of similar to what happened to me watching France, though. You yeah. were very into it. Hey, listen, it was real good. It was good, though. I stand by the fact that that's the actual winner. Like, I have to explain it to our listening audience of two people, which is that the, the top three, which we'll get to in a second, consisted of, of countries uh, duking it out in some kind of ideological battle, almost. There was the powerhouses of Ukraine and Russia in, in that sort of you know, one-on-one -on -one battle that was so hyped up in advance. By us also. By us and by, you know, by everyone. And I, I did partake in, in that by letting those, letting those songs sit until the end of our run last year before I let you listen to them. And I knew that I was feeding into a specific hype, but I also knew it was going to come down to those songs in the end. And then throw Australia in there. It was so close, and I get it, because uh, Dami Eden did, like, just sing very much there. She sang so much. It was a lot of singing that she did. Um, which I guess is, is, the, is the new song. Singing is the new song. Yeah, she didn't really sing a song. She just sang a lot. I think that's my problem with Sound of Silence, is that it's not, it's not really a song that does much for me, but it was just, like... A lot of singing. There was a lot of singing, and I can't deny that. Silence. <laughs> I only remember the chorus. That's... I... I... But... What? How does that song go? How does that song start? <laughs> Trying to figure right. love through FaceTime. Buddy! 
that was a licensed product that somehow you managed to slip in there because FaceTime is a brand name. You're not allowed to use that according to the Eurovision rules. I'm still not over it. It was hella illegal, bud. Nothing wrong with a big dress. Love me a big dress. Thunder and Lightning, it got really exciting though when it came to Russia. Here's the thing. After, after the finals, after all the stuff had died down for a while, I got super into that song. Yeah. I listened to that song three times a day. I was constantly singing it. It was in my head for the better part of eight months. He was so into that song suddenly. Because well, we it got so it. fucking hype. We discussed this, and it's the, f- the fact is, it is not technically a good song, but it is a very good song to sing. Yes. It is. It's so fun. It's so fun to sing. It was my hype song in the morning, like biking to work. I was like, thunder and lightning, and I had all the energy I needed. For the day, I quit coffee for 10 months. <laughs> what? No, that's not true. <laughs> but then suddenly, like a couple weeks ago, I listened to it again. And I I just didn't feel it anymore. I think I, I made myself sick of that song. Well, you've gone, you've gone through some phases. You've gone... Oh, I definitely went through a very good Denmark phase. And that still has not ended. Soldiers of Love was... Soldiers of Love so is my favorite song. I think it, it was underappreciated, actually. It's my new waterline. It is... It's not. Nothing is waterline. Oh, but Soldiers close. of Love is a great song. I really like it. But as good as everyone else was, there was only ever going to be one person who could win Eurovision, and it turned out to be none other than Susanna Jamaladonovinova, or Jamala, as she was known on the stage, right? It was very good, and it was always going to win. That being said... Okay. It's the song that uh, after your... But maybe that's because it won... After Eurovision, I listened to that song again the least. You say that, but like how many times have you listened to Icebreaker? Oh, Icebreaker! Yeah, not once since that semi-final, right? Right. In a stunning performance that has now brought the contest to Kiev, Jamala took the victory, the trophy, the crown, and... Everything. The glory. And yeah, all of those things uh, with her song 1944, which, hey, guys, super good, though. Like, like just a really so good, good... It was so Really good, good stuff. Yeah. Emotive. Everyone on my Facebook feed wow. got so upset about this thing that they don't care about as much as I do. This is the life of of someone who's into Eurovision, and I think now that you've experienced that and gotten upset about it yourself, uh, you've actually become one of us somehow. But like I said, let's keep it posy. 
Let's keep it posy. Because we have 43 songs to get through to discuss what Eurovision 2017 is going to look like. I'm, I've been watching you prepare for this for oh a couple God. weeks now. Month? Yeah, I, like I'd say month. so. The last You've song... You've been very depressed lately. The last song to be announced was announced uh, literally two days ago. Yeah. Was that while I was abroad? While you were out of the country, the very last song to be announced was announced. And I was waiting for that to start the podcast because now I have a perfect picture of what Eurovision 2017 is going to look like. But I want... Give me you. a taste. Give, go on. I want on. you to feed me your opinion as well. Because that's what we do here on the podcast. Um, I've listened to all 43 songs in this year's Eurovision Song Contest. Mira has not listened to any of them. On each episode, I will show her one song. And she and I, we will talk about what we think about the song, how it compares to uh, other songs, whether it's any good or whether it's bad of course as always we are not authorized to be like i think we are as always we're not like experts on whatever we're talking about you're a eurovision expert at this point you can call yourself a eurovision expert absolutely yeah but see here's the thing last year i did think iceland was gonna win for like a large Large, large that doesn't mean anything you're a, a you're you're a, a eurovision historian at this point who won in 1993 uh that was ireland that was um neve kavanagh do you think anyone i i ever encountered in my life except you knows who christopher bjorkman is We'll talk about Christopher We'll talk Bjorkman. about, definitely talk about Christopher Bjorkman. That man. In our episodes, we are just going to be talking about the official videos that have been put out by the Eurovision Song Contest YouTube channel and basing our opinions only on that. You can find our podcast on SoundCloud and you can subscribe to it on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes or, uh, or, or somewhere else, just open up your iTunes and go to the review part of iTunes and say, hey, this is a good-ass podcast. Which, I mean, I'm, you know, you don't have to lie for us, but like, it is, it is, it's a pretty decent podcast. I, I'd like to think it's, it's all right. If you're able and you're wheeling, then... Yes, I'm wheeling... Then we're going to move on to the first episode proper in this year. And in Eurovision Division tradition, we are going to start with the host country, of course. The country that won last year. Uh, but that's, that's, that's the next episode. See you then. I, I love good, you. Good, bye. <laughs> I love you too.